Hello, hello. Welcome to What to Read Wednesdays, your go-to podcast for staff picks from your friends at Delaware County District Library. Here, we'll talk about books, podcasts, and other relevant media. I'm your host, Annie Pazma. Psych! <laughs> I know I said that last episode uh, was my was my very last episode when in reality I had something very special planned. I wasn't quite sure if it was going to work out and then it did and so um, I am extremely happy to present to you an interview I did with Mark. We were in person, which was exciting because um, I haven't been able to do an in-person interview yet. And, you know, before we started recording, we talked for probably 45 minutes about books and what we wanted to talk about. I'll tell you what, you guys. Mark is something special and uh, is a very, very kind soul. And we just had a marvelous time. I think, I think this is the longest episode. We talked for a good um, 30 minutes, I think, in this interview. We got interrupted because uh, we were at the Powell branch. We got interrupted a couple of times and had to stop recording. But um, yeah, it was such, such a good conversation. And I can't wait for you to hear it. All right, so we're here with Mark. Let's talk about um, some things that we talked about, you know, off off microphone, and that would be um, what are what was you, the book that made you into a reader, or what was it that made you into a reader? Um, well, first of all, I'd like to say, Annie, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to uh, talk with you on the podcast. Um, you know, I've always loved reading, and I, I think that's mostly because of my mother and my aunt, who was an English teacher. They just absolutely loved reading, and so I grew up always being surrounded by books. I was in the summer reading program as a kid at my local library, and um, so I just always, I just remembered in the summer loving to read books when I wasn't in school, and so I don't know if there was a specific book. I just know that Reading was just such a big thing at my house growing mm-hmm. up. Um, but uh, there's been different books in my life that have been a big influence on me. It was, for one thing, I'm, I'm such a, a geek type person. I love European history. Mm. And um, here I was in eighth grade and I had a very mean so uh, study hall teacher, and you you had to have work. If you didn't have work, this is back in the days when kids were paddled, you would be paddled. Oh, oh. And so I had no work to do that day. And I remember saying to my mom, um, oh, mom, I got to have something to do in study hall. I have no work to do today. And she said, here, take this book. Your aunt just dropped this book off. It's a new bestseller, Nicholas and Alexandra. And this was an eighth grader, I was. And... So it was about the last uh, czar and czarina of Russia in 1917. And so I took this book and I read it just because I had to have something to do in eighth, eighth period study hall. And that book was such a major influence on me because I just fell in love with 
European history. And so I wanted to read all about the Russian dynasties, and then I moved to the British, and then to the French. And I, I, I mean, I must have over 100 books at my house easily that I own about all oh, the Middle Ages and just the you know uh, royal dynasties of Europe. And so that was, I mean, that one book just gave me a major interest in my life. And so that was one. And then another one, it's, I'm a big Stephen King fan, but I almost wasn't because one time I went home to visit my mom when I, and dad when I was in college and my mom, who was always had stacks of library books, said to me, Mark, you've got to read this book, Pet Cemetery" by Stephen <laughs> King. And I remember saying, oh, mom, no, I, I am not starting down that road. Yeah. I said, I got too many books and, you know, he writes too many. I'm just not even going to do it. And, and I had brought my cat home, too, from uh -huh. Columbus, and that cat <laughs> was sick. It was just feeling a little under the weather. And he, so he was walking really slowly. My mom said, oh, you might want to. That cat might have come from the pet cemetery. And so I said, okay, I will read this book just to humor my mom. Well, I remember staying up till 3 in the morning, finishing this book <laughs> and loving it. And so that from then on, I became this avid Stephen King fan. And so I've ended up reading practically, well, really, I think every book he's written. And so it's funny how those two little things like that can give you a major interest mm -hmm. um, in, in life um, that I still have to this day. Um, and it's, you know, I don't want to make it look like only like history or horror because I, I'm a very lucky person. I like to read pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. I like to, I love, my number one thing would be literary fiction. Okay, now I want you to explain what literary fiction means. Well, to me, literary fiction is, uh, tends to be more character development, less plot. It's not, I mean, you have to have a plot, but for the most part, it's more character driven. Uh, the, 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 the quality of writing is more important. Uh, and I'm not putting down any kind of writing. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's just that uh, these are the ones that are going to win awards, like the Booker Award, mm -hmm. the National Book Award. And so, I mean, I just, I have so many of these books at my house that I own, I haven't read yet, or I keep <laughs> getting them from the library. That's one of the good things about <laughs> working at the library. And seriously, every day when I drive into work, I am looking forward to seeing what's going to be in that new bookshelf, yeah, um, uh, that, that uh, I, you know I can check out. But what I do every month is, I it's always the first of the month. I go to Amazon.com and it's always the best books of the month, and they have categories: literary fiction, then they have like sci-fi, fantasy, which I love that too. They have. Uh, well, historical fiction, they have romance, now, and then they have mysteries and thrillers. Now, I, the two I don't like, genres I don't like, tend to be, I wouldn't probably read romance, and I wouldn't read probably just straight mysteries. Now, I love psychological thrillers, mm -hmm. but literary fiction, would, I got, getting back to your original question, I think I would say it's more like something that's going to win the Booker Prize or uh, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, 
so I I would I I don't know if you're like this, but sometimes a lot of times the season puts me in the mood to read a certain genre. Yes. And fall is literary fiction season for me. Yeah, or historical fiction. Oh, yes, or historical fiction. Because it's like, okay, this is the time of year that, like, you know, we're getting going back to school. And and it kind of makes me want to get into that spirit of learning. And so, but I don't want to do something that I'm forced to learn. And so literary fiction or historical fiction is kind of what I gravitate toward during the fall. Yes. Oh, I'm the same way. Yeah. Well, and also the fall, October, I tend to maybe lean more toward scary books. Sure. Um, one book I'll mention too, one author I love, although she's, she, I think she's like 70 or maybe approaching 80, Anne Rice. She oh, wrote, yeah. She did a lot of vampire books, which were fascinating to me. I had all those, that whole series. But I'll tell you one of my all-time favorite books, love, love, love this book, is the Witching Hour. It's a. It, it, have you heard ever of heard it. of it? Yeah, I've heard <gasps> of it. It's the Mayfair Witches, and what Anne Rice did was, because I've been in New Orleans, and you can actually go to the cemetery, and you see, there's a a, 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 a vault of thirteen generations of of the of of women that she modeled the the. Uh, the uh, witching hour after that you start like in the 1600s yeah. and every generation down clear up to modern day is a witch. And it's really not scary at all. It's it's more like a family saga. Yeah. And then there's two sequels to it. And I just love that book so much. But it was so nice to go to, to, to New Orleans and actually see that cemetery where Anne Rice got the idea for that. Yeah. But this would be, Anne Rice doesn't tend to write stuff anymore. But if I were... If she still did, I would probably read one of her books in mm-hmm. October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you're, and historical fiction is so good, too, for October, November, mm-hmm. Christmas and stuff. It's it's just, I, I mean, I'm so lucky to love to read like this because I, it's just, I don't know, such an adventure to be jump into these books and go so many places mm-hmm. in through time travel or different, sign, if you're reading sci-fi or fantasy, you're in a different world. Uh, historical fiction, you know, you're seeing what these people go through, various, you know, problems throughout history. It's 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 a great thing to be. Well, and even with my stacks of books, sometimes I get so frustrated because I want to get them read so badly. Yeah. But then I think, you know, every single one of those books is like a treasure to me because I read the book reviews ahead of time or I'll talk to my coworkers and they'll say, well, like I just got to work today. And uh, my coworker Carrie recommended a book to me from uh, her book group, the library book group. And so I said, "Oh, grab it! I'll take it. I'll, I'll just grab it right up and take it." So, I mean, on one hand, it's a curse to love to read because our to be read list. I'm sure, it's Annie, you got endless. It. It's endless hundreds. It's endless. But you, on the other hand, you always have a treasure waiting for you. Yeah. And. It, the fact that's why I like to read the book reviews because I know the book is going to be good. I, the, the, I rarely, rarely do not finish a book I start because mm-hmm. I know if I stick with it, it'll get better because the reviews have been good. Yeah. 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 And stuff. Oh, so. That makes me teary-eyed. Like the idea of, of books being treasures. I think that we live in a in a time where books are seen as chores. Right, it's exactly. It's a chore to read. Yeah. I see this... Um, well, you know, we were talking about 
teaching and yeah. going into schools, which is my next step. And the the school system where I'm where I'm gonna start doesn't have a library anymore. Oh, how sad! They See, have yeah. they have the media center. Where yeah. I think there are some books. And I talked to some students, and they're like, well, you know, I don't really like what we're reading in school, and it, I kind of don't like reading now. And that always breaks my heart because books are treasures. Like yes, reading, they are. Reading is a treasure. Yes. And when I look at my to-read list, and I think I just, like, I'm, I'm one of those people who I have a list, and I like to check off my checklist, and so when I see my to-read list and it's endless, I think, oh, my word, this is driving me crazy. <laughs> yes, it is. But at the same time, then I think, well, when I'm done, then I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, that the thought of that makes me sad and makes me okay that I don't have the, the list done. Yes. Right? I don't want to be then in my TBR list. Because, right. Because, like, even people will say at my house, they'll say, well— some of these books you've had 10, 20 years. And I say, yeah, but I know they're there waiting for me. Yeah. And they're going to be good. They're going to be in. See, in classics, like, you know, there's like I'm in a book group and we we tend to read literary fiction or like, oh, you know, stuff I'm not big on is memoirs. I Most people love <laughs> memoirs, but I guess memoirs are so cut and dried. I know yeah. what they're going to be. Whereas literary fiction or sci-fi or scary books, you you have to kind of, you know, explore and think, okay, how will this turn out? Mm-hmm. Or a memoir, you know, you're just kind of reading someone's life. Right. But, um, I, I, you know, I even just the other night of book group, I said, you know, maybe we want to read a classic. Sometimes people don't want to read classics, but th- there can really be real timely and real good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's really very few books that, um, or genres that aren't enjoyable, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're a treasure. I mean, yeah. it is. It's true. It is a treasure. Yeah. So let's talk about some of your all-time favorites. Well, and you know what? You know, it's so hard when people say to me, Mark, what's your, like, all-time favorite book? I can't do it. I mean, I I love... Because you, I read like one or two books a week. And so there, yeah. I, I just can't remember them all. And there are so many good ones. But... And you know what? In fairness to my favorite authors, I think a lot of times it's just they've written more. Sometimes mm-hmm. I read a book, a debut, a, a, a author's debut book that's fantastic. But I don't say he's my favorite author or she's my favorite author because I've only read one or two of her books. Right. But I'll tell you, there's a couple books. Um, okay, like for those of you out there listening, if you like Stephen King, The Stand, I'm begging you, please read this book, which I actually think is better than The Stand. It's called Swan Song. And the main character is a little girl named nicknamed Swan. And it's very similar to uh, The Stand, but more hopeful. And it's written by really one of my favorite authors, Robert McCammon. He's written so many books and he just has a style. Some of them are scary. Some of them are just heartwarming. He wrote Boy's Life, which was a tremendous book. He wrote another book, Gone, Going South, G-O-I-N, and then South. That was a great book. I, I really like him. He tends to focus on horror. It's Robert McCammon, but Swan Song is such a classic, and it comes up over and over on the list. Um, and, you know, one of my favorite books, too, 
authors I love. If you're the type that likes more like lyrical, whimsical writing, I love Ray Bradbury. I know he's dead. Mm. But love his short stories. And I mean, I just love his short stories. Ray Bradbury's short stories are just wonderful. They're just magical and they're they're not violent. They're just so nice. Um, You know, I could just go on forever. There's just so many books that are, um, to just know my all-time favorite, it's really hard though. It's just that, um, uh, well, and then another book, if, if you, historical fiction, one of my favorite books, I always tell people this, if you like Civil War, it's called The Oldest Confederate Widow Tells All. And mm. it, they even made a movie of it. Yeah. Did you, did you have you heard of it? By I've chance? heard of it. I've yeah. heard of it. Well, you the, you also reviewed that. So oh, I did a podcast yeah. on it. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then you know about it. Yeah. yeah. It's just uh, it's just such a gripping book. I just love it. And, yeah. Uh, and you know what? I like so many of those Oprah books. When Oprah did her book group, and it was like on, when she did it on her TV show. I would be so excited to see what new Oprah book is going to come out. Yeah. So I recommend most of those too. I mean, there's just so many countless books to to do, but to just come up with my top favorite, it it depends on the moment. Right. <laughs> right. I get well, that. You and I talked about um, Wendell Berry. Oh, Wendell Berry. We oh, love Wendell Berry. I just, you know, you you meet this town. See, it's so funny when patrons come in because I'll say, I can direct them towards scary, really, you know, kind of violent books. But then there's like Mae Binchy, who, have you ever read Mae Binchy? I haven't. I mean, it's always been like, oh, I should read Oh, she's wonderful. Yeah. She just does these small town heartwarming books. Yeah. And it's just every, it's almost like you're at Andy Griffith type. Yeah. And, and see, Wendell Berry does that where you have this, now he's literary fiction more. Right, right. But oh, his town, the town of Port William, and there's like a series of books that go with it. Mm-hmm. It's just paradise. If you're a person who likes whimsical books, it's paradise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are just a few suggestions. It's, it's whimsical without without sacrificing like the human experience. Oh, you're right. You're so right. You know, yeah. like I when I read Hannah Coulter. Oh, right. Love Hannah. When Coulter. I read Hannah Coulter, I was like, "This is, this is in part the life of my grandmother." Oh, absolutely. Right. Like I, I, I get totally understand what you mean by whimsical because yeah. there's something like wholesome and pure about about the characters, about that time period, about her life in general. And yet I'm reading it and I'm thinking, this could have been the life of my <sighs> grandmother. Annie, that is so funny you say that because I look at some of these characters in this town and I think like it's it's like relatives my mother talked about and yeah. my aunts talked about. Back they all came from a small town in Maryland. And I think this I could be living in this town in yeah. Maryland. I want to live in that town. Yeah. You know, so it's that's the joy of reading. You I mean, I can read these books about, you know, scary stuff or historical fiction, but I love Wendell Berry. I just want to yeah. go into that town. Yeah. Um, you know what? I see when I used to teach fourth and fifth grade. I told my class, I I cannot think of this short story. I wanted so I want so bad to think of this, find this short story, but I can't. I've even, I've even had even had my, you know, the manager, her Mandy, look for me, and we can't mm-hmm. find it. But 
it's a magical world. You get on a train and you get off at the train at the end and it's a it's a land where every book character you've ever met is there. And I would tell my kids like, oh, my class, I'd say, oh, now some of these characters I'd be scared to meet. Yeah. I'm yeah. Stephen King. Yeah. But wouldn't you love to meet all those characters from Wendell Berry, oh, Fort William? Yes. I mean, yes. you could just you could just spend days just visiting all the yes. characters in Port William. Yes, indeed. Oh my word, that would be really, really amazing. Yes, really yes. amazing. Yes. So, um, yeah, I I I love that you are so well. We talked about you know being widely read. Yeah. And how that's really important. How has that affected your life? Well, as a teacher, it was great because. You know, different kids will say they like, uh, you know, a certain kind of book. I could steer them towards stuff like that. Some people mm. say, oh, I don't want historical fiction. Please don't give me any more World War II books. Yeah. But see, I like it. Or, you know, step in a fantasy book. Or um, it's, I don't know, it's just made reading so much more. It's Well, it's easier because you've got all these other books you want to read. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think the, the, the more you limit yourself, the less fun reading can be. Mm. And and I'm telling you, you know, like, when you, you, you go to a party, you know, what can you talk about? Well, you know, we talk about what's the latest thing on Netflix or did you see this on Hulu? Well, a lot of people, you know, will read and you can bring up different books. Yeah. And some people will say, oh, I only read nonfiction. Okay, great. Let's talk about, like, something out of history. Some people might say, oh, I've got to have a psychological thriller or whatever, great, let's talk about it. Yeah. So it just makes, I just feel like you're such a more well-rounded person. Yeah. Well, and, and I've always found that that um, reading outside my comfort zone allows me <sighs> also to, to relate to people in a different way. Great point. And I think one... Um, one aspect of that is, you know, I read a lot of children's literature. Yeah, perfect. And and one of the, I was reading one a picture book the other day, actually. I can't remember who the author was, what the title was, or anything. But I do remember turning the page and seeing a picture of the perspective of a child. And and it was like you he saw the legs of an adult. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's just, and that's just remembering, like, oh my word, I remember <laughs> I remember right. being little and yes. being and being scared. Yes. Because all I see are legs and it was like I can't relate to this other person as a person. Yeah. And so like when I did story time today, I remembered and yes. I and I try to do this all the time, but I really remember today to get down to the level of Good the kids. Good for you. That's great. Right? Yeah. Because I, just recalling that book, I remembered like, oh, it scared me that I couldn't see faces. Yes, that's It scared right. me that like, there's this like tree-like thing right in front of my eyes at yes. eye level and it was scary. Yes. It was scary. Well, and you, I, see, I taught fourth grade, so we didn't get so much into the picture books, but I remember there was this one from that point of view of a hamster that all I don't know if you've seen it but all the pictures and stuff would be the hamster looking at different things he got loose in the house and stuff (laughs) but well and see that teaches point of view for kids and you know I the thing it's I'll tell you because you know I'm in my 60s now and it is so amazing 
how fantastic children's literature has become. Mm-hmm. From back when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I mean, we just had pretty much mysteries, Hardy Boys, which are great. I love the Hardy Boys. Mm-hmm. But now there's so many social issues and exciting, like the why fiction for the fantasies and they're just it's yeah. exploded yeah i mean i i can read why fiction it's good it, yeah. it's just gotten so much better it's a great time for a kid to be in school now mm-hmm. well for for a kid to learn to love reading yes yes it's a great time yes it is and like uh well, the graphic novels, choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. I mean, just all the stuff. Um, well, and even all the how-to books for boys. When I taught, it seemed like the boys always liked nonfiction better. Yeah. Girls tend to go toward fiction. Boys tend to go toward nonfiction. And so all the nonfiction for kids has been, it's fantastic too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a if you're a parent out there and you've got kids that don't like reading, really bring them to the library and we mm-hmm. can give them suggestions on what mm-hmm. they like. Mm-hmm. Agreed. As we were saying, sorry, we had to do a little stop and go because we're recording in, in sort of a place where everybody keeps their stuff. Um, which, by the way, I don't know if anybody could tell, but we're like in the same room. All the other interviews I've done have had to be over Zoom. And we were, when I said I wanted to have you on the podcast, Mandy said, um, you guys should do it together. And speaking of Mandy, we have a very special guest who just came in. Can you guess who it is? It's me! (laughs) It's Mandy. I just got her. Hey! (laughs) I think you were my first interview. E. Interviewee. Maybe. I have, my taste in music is trash this year, so I'm sorry for all the bad suggestions. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. It's very specialized, at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we talked about um, your favorite book, which was Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil oh, by I John Bernard. You did. Right, right. <laughs> or did Bernard? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I don't either. But it's a way different than your Civil War kick that you've been yeah. on. True, true, in true. which we did a whole podcast on. Well, yeah, we did a whole. We hope the Civil War giant books nobody will read but me and Luke. Right, <laughs> right. So the Garden of Good and Evil is a. True crime. It's, yeah. It is a true crime about a real-life crime that happened in Savannah, Georgia, but it is also about all of the crazy, interesting people that live in the South, and specifically in Savannah. Um, it's real good. <laughs> it's kind of told in vignettes. Like, there's, a, like, the bar owner. There's, like, there's the uh, Lady Chablis. Oh, <laughs> who's, yeah. Who is maybe one of the greatest book things that has ever yeah. happened. Um, and then there's the actual murder. There's, like, a little voodoo thing. There's, like, the football guy who's obsessed with, like, Georgia football. So it's just all these little stories about it. makes you want to go to Savannah really bad. But it's very funny. It's a true story. Loved it. I'm well, they made a movie, too. It's my favorite, it's my favorite book. Well, yeah. and the neat, I was telling Annie how I love New Orleans because Anne Rice stuff mm-hmm. is there. You can go to Anne, there's, you can see the house where she modeled the witching hour after. Mm-hmm. And like Mandy could, I want to get Mandy to Savannah sometime because you can see the house of the midnight in the garden. That's Good our Eagle. friend Tracy, who works at the main branch. Uh, also is obsessed with this book. And she's gone down multiple times to Savannah to basically do, like, all the tours. of oh, Like, yeah, you can tour that actual cemetery and the house, the murder house. Yeah. 
and just there used to be Leisha Blee used to do all kinds of stuff before she yes. passed away, but yes, she died. I saw her. Yeah. You saw her? I actually saw Lady Shibley. She was very, very good. Yes, yes. Uh, she's in the actual movie, too. They got the yes, real one to play yes, herself because exactly nobody right. could play her but she her. She came to Columbus. Uh, yeah. I love Lady Shibley. Didn't you tell me it was a really good audiobook? Great audiobook. Oh. Really, really good audiobook. Very good narrator. Yeah, I do mostly audio. So, yeah, that was a really good audiobook. Yeah, Savannah's beautiful, man. I want to mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was our surprise guest. Uh, but anyway, do you have any last thoughts, Mark? Uh, just that I'll tell you, it's just, it's, it's just so good to be... I, I know it sounds corny, but I love coming here every day just to see what new books are going to be in the shelf. It's great to have the patrons come in and talk to me about books. I mean, I, if you're a patron and you come in, please always tell me what you're reading. I mm. love to talk to you. I get ideas from you guys. And I appreciate when you let me give you guys ideas. It's it's a yeah. It's just a great place for book lovers to work. Yeah. And uh, everyone on the staff pretty much likes different genres. Like Hillary loves romance, and Mandy's very much into the Civil War. And it's just fun to talk to different people, you know, about their their reading likes, and you always pick up new ideas. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's just a great place to love where you love reading. Yeah. So if you love reading, come in and talk to Mark about it. <laughs> well, or anyone at the Powell Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> we love it here. We love our patrons. <laughs> Very good. That was awesome. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> uh, oh, seriously, when I, when he was talking to me, I started to tear up. Have you ever met anyone who enjoyed reading this much? Like the way that Mark approaches reading, it's like, um, it's a very humble attitude, right? Like he goes in knowing he's going to learn something, knowing that he's going to go to a different world and see something from a, from a different perspective. It's just awesome. It really, really was so awesome to talk to him about reading and about books. Okay. For real, this is uh, a special episode, but it is indeed my last, and I have really, really enjoyed it. I'm going to miss doing this podcast. To all of you who have been faithful listeners, thank you so much. Your support means a lot. So for the last time, for reals, this is What to Read Wednesdays with Annie. I'm your host, Annie Pasma. Thanks for listening. <laughs>